You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, post-Thanksgiving, bro, are you ready? Oh, yeah. You got that right, my friend. It is an area in which we call the Trend Zone. Uh, It's Tuesday, November 30th, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. eh? Correction, Dave. Wednesday. Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. I don't know what day it is. (laughs) All I know is I need some damn football. (laughs) It's blistery out there. 57 degrees, Dave. Winter chill. Ooh, It's very cold, Casey. Very brisk out there. It's brisk, baby. In today's episode, we'll talk to... And even though Christmas is around the corner, love may be in the air, Dave. Mm. One more flex, some playoff scenarios, a little survivor, our fantasy go-back starts of the week, some total fantasy domination, and of course, all the awesome games from the upcoming week. But Dave, before we get to all that, tell me you're still in a giving mood with some tasty nugs for the people. I do have something very delicious, Casey. It is this, the two-point conversion was implemented in 1994. Can you imagine that? 28 years ago. Wow. Wow. Nonetheless, that's not the nugget, Casey. This is the first week when multiple games were decided by a game-winning two-point conversion in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. That was the Jaguars pulling off that move earlier in the day, and then the Chargers pulling off that move, scoring a two-pointer to take the lead. That one's compliments of (laughs) Sam Farmer, of the LA times, dude. And I'll tell you what, man, when your team goes for two, when the other team goes for two, no matter what, if you're watching that game, you are freaking out, dude. And there was a, that's the third time a team this year has won on a two point conversion. It was week one when uh, head coach, Brian Dable uh, called it for the giants and they got the game winning uh, two point conversion to beat the Tennessee Titans. Um, wow. The, the two pointer, man, what did we do without that? I know, dude. It's so kinky. I love it. And maybe yeah. Dayball knew something, dude, because yeah. these games are insane, man. Those um, comeback wins. This season, dude, 57 games have been won or tied by a team that trailed in the fourth quarter. And Dave, 79 have been decided by six points or less. Wow. Of course, that's the most through uh, the first 12 weeks of any NFL season, man. We know it's coming every week. It still blows our mind. It, yep. These games are so tight. Yep, unbelievable. Hey, you guys are listening to The Trend Zone, and this podcast is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Go ahead, subscribe, like, and give us some of those sweet five-star reviews. We appreciate it. Dave, you ready to get into some of the top trending stories? Go for it. All right, someone's making their return to Houston as a Brown. Ooh, wow. That would be Deshaun Watson, Casey. Mm. It's been a long time since he's been on the field of play, missing an entire season as the Texas quarterback, uh, dealing with his off-the-field issues, and then finally getting traded to the Browns and getting that since that 11-game suspension served. That is finally uh, over for him. Or is it over, Casey? <laughs> Will it ever end? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the stories keep coming out. I just, uh, I don't expect the warmest greeting there, uh, energy on Sunday. Ooh, no doubt about that. 
All right, Dave, a little more OBJ talk. There was a sighting in Miami. I guess it's not the kind of pub that he wanted, <laughs> but uh, he's going to make the round to a few uh, NFL teams with uh, saving the best for last, I guess. Yes, uh, no doubt, Casey, he had a little run-in with the airlines there, but that being behind him, he's got his free agency tour happening coming up on Thursday with a visit to the Giants. Will be a nice reunion there. Uh, he left there on not so pleasant terms, but it looks like they're willing to patch it up. After that, he'll visit the Bills, and then Casey he'll be heading on to Dallas and seeing your Cowboys, who have blatantly and openly courted him, as have the other teams. Yeah, and you know that that plane stuff. I didn't see any video since there's not any. Um, it doesn't exist. I'm thinking that you know it wasn't a blow up. I don't know what happened, but um, usually someone's got the. You know, the camera right there, world star, when something's going down. So since we didn't get any of that, I think it's a wash. But Jerry said either way, it wouldn't impact what they want to do financially. Yeah, but plain right, it's all good. All right, Dave. Um, we saw a glimpse of it Sunday night. Aaron Rodgers already with the broken thumb, got bashed in the ribs. We saw, um, we saw love in the air, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, no doubt Jordan Love came out on the field and did play very well after Aaron Rodgers really did struggle, obviously, you know, injury related here. And Rodgers did say uh, at some point in an interview that he was definitely planning on playing as long as they weren't mathematically eliminated, which is a little bit of a weird statement because lots of guys are banged up and they're going to still play unless suddenly once they're mathematically eliminated, a bunch of older guys are going to say, hey, you know what? That's it for me. Uh, I'm going to take the rest of the season off. But at any rate, you know, obviously they're pretty close to that elimination point, And that yeah. makes you wonder, should we look more at love? Because what we saw was just a glimpse, but it looked pretty good. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, he's actually doing them a favor if he does sit down once they're eliminated to find out what the Packers have in there. Because we could yeah. see a split with... Aaron Rodgers and the pack at the end of the season. So he's probably doing them a little bit of a favor. All right, Dave, the first draft domino is falling. Plenty <laughs> more to come after this weekend of college football, but it just got started. Yeah. Penn State cornerback Joey Porter Jr. He's the son of obviously former NFL linebacker Joey Porter, a real great guy. Um, he has <laughs> declared that he is coming out. He's foregoing the bowl game and he is declaring for the 23 draft. He is a potential first round pick. This is going to happen to a lot of guys who get the whisper uh, that they may be taken in the first round uh, to avoid the unfortunate fate of getting injured in that one last performance at the college level. I mean, well, the prestige of the Cheez-Its Bowl, you know, the the <laughs> tradition is so strong. I can't believe anybody wouldn't want to play in that thing, but we shall see. All right, Dave, one of the best, there's so many good things about the NFL, but when they started working this flex in a few years ago, it's really worked out and it's, it's stoking us out too in week 14. Yeah. Flex alert in week 14. It'll be the Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that'll be Sunday night at 520 Eastern time. And that'll be the Chargers third Sunday night football. And they got one more coming up. I don't know what the record is for a team playing on Sunday night. That's got to be the record. I think we broke it. <laughs> right. I think that's they have said it there, Casey. And that that game uh, super, uh, supersedes the um, Kansas City Chiefs at Denver Broncos game. That's the game that will be shifted to the 105 slot West, West Coast time. Um, and I'm not sure if this is a vote so much for how exciting the Dolphins and Chargers game could potentially be. Or a just can we possibly look at the Broncos offense 
um, out there anymore. And, it, oof, you know, it's just the Chiefs-Broncos doesn't seem like it's going to be a competitive battle, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, when NBC got that for Sunday night, they were, sweet, this is going to be great. Uh, <laughs> right. It hasn't really worked out. It looked so tasty at the beginning of the year, didn't it? <laughs> Man. Well, Dave, speaking of the Dolphins and Chargers, both the quarterbacks were part of that 2020 class, draft class, and so far the returns are better than one could have expected. Yeah, I mean, it's it was Joe Burrow overall number one, Tua the fifth, Justin Herbert the sixth, and then Jalen Hurts comes by. I think he was a, a 53rd overall selection. Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. all of these dudes, Casey, are looking like they're going to be super studs in the league. And right now, I mean, how many times does does a draft produce four starting quarterbacks that all look this promising? Yeah, it's 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 awesome to see all these guys having success. So um be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the season. And yeah. Dave channeling my Mars, but I mean it's gotta be the shoes. <laughs> That's right, Casey. This week the NFL kicks off the unboxing week. That is when players from across the league showcase the customized hashtag my claws, my cleats. They will wear uh, decked out cleats uh, to recognize the various causes that they support. And then they'll auction off those shoes. The money generated from this will go to those causes. It's a pretty awesome deal. Yeah, very cool. And uh, the difference in some of the directions these shoes go is pretty awesome, yeah. too. It lets you get a little insight into who these uh, these players are off the field. All right, Dave, Survivor Three Strikes Pool. We've been dead a while. Yeah, we sure have. <laughs> Nonetheless, there are some people still alive out there, Casey. The most popular uh, correct pick last week was Miami over Houston uh, with a landslide over 60%. And wow. then the most popular incorrect Seattle over the Raiders. Oh, that was a gross ending. And Dave, the most popular pick heading into next week are the Ravens over the Broncos. If you still have the Ravens, kudos to you. You yeah. deserve to be alive. I don't know. Well played. <laughs> All right, Dave, it's time for our go back fantasy starts of the week. A move you could have made that might have brought you a victory or some cash. You got any moves? Uh, I have two. One, they're similar, parallel universe moves in my two leagues. I could have benched Henry for Miles Sanders and DK Metcalf for Isaiah McKenzie. That would have got me 23.6, but there was really no way I would have done that. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't bench King Henry and Isaiah McKenzie. I played the previous week. He got me a 0.00, .00 and this week he crushed it. Um, I could have also benched Henry for Sanders in my other league in our league, it didn't cost me anything. I had the high score. All is good. In the other league, I lost the game by two, and that move would have made me plus 16.3. Uh, it would have been a crushing victory, and instead, I take the L. Well, Dave, I would have taken that top spot from you in our league had I not not benched Garrett Wilson. I cut him. I was <laughs> sick of seeing Zach Wilson and zero production. Looks wow. like I pulled the triggs a little too early on that. And then in my other league, I thought I was getting cute uh, benching Aaron Jones for Jeff Wilson Jr. Ended up losing that one by a point and a half. Ooh, Time to fire the coach. Fire yeah. the coach. Exactly. All right, Dave. Total fantasy domination. Give me a quarterback. It is my quarterback, Casey, for the lightning strikes as well as the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. 274 yards and three passing TDs. He also got those legs working for 38 yards, and he threw a two-point conversion to my tight end, Gerald Everett. It was an awesome performance by Herbert. Oh, you mean the game-winning two-point conversion? That is correct, sir. Woo! 
<laughs> and how about Josh Jacobs, dude, for wow. the Dick Sam Pornhose, dude? 229 rushing yards, two TDs, 74 receiving yards, but what was it, 86 yards to the house in overtime? Bone crushing. Man, soul guy, crushing. Oh, I bet the Raiders are regretting not getting that fifth-year option on him when they could have had him. Yeah, for wow. one, now it's going to cost them quite a bit more because he's had a hell of a season. All right, how about Garrett Wilson? You've oh, how about that? Guy, right? <laughs> yeah. You've heard of this guy. Oh, he got picked up, Casey. Looks like Cookie Monsters, the Jet fan, uh, picked up the Jet, uh, and he had 95 receiving yards. And, oh, wait, two touchdowns. That's how you get on this scoreboard. Yeah, and how about my guy Dalton Schultz for my Cowboys and my Foul Boys? 31 receiving yards, but two touchdowns, nice. and participated in that awesome whack-a-mole celebration in the uh, the kettle there in the end zone on Thanksgiving. Hilarious. Pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. If you need a quarterback or a running back or a receiver or a tight end, give the peoples out there a little fantasy help. Yeah, it's pretty slim pickings, uh, certainly for quarterback and running back. But I like Trevor Lawrence. He is still available in our league. And they are, uh, they're going to go against the Detroit defense, which has been getting a little better, mostly against the run. They're still very, very generous against the pass. I like Trevor Lawrence. He came off a real impressive performance last weekend. Yeah, and dude, at running back, there's actually a little meat on this bone. Bam Knight for the Jets came in relief. Mm. was pretty good last week. And Jermichael Hasty for the Jazz with Etienne going down. He had a large part in that offense. You mentioned they're playing at Detroit. I guess we'll keep the Jaguars theme going here. Zay Jones, man, double-digit cart targets in each of his past two games. He's going against that Lions defense that has given up a lot against the pass. And last week, caught that two, two-point conversion. He was kind of hot. They went right back to him. And boom, he he converts. So, Zay Jones. Honestly, These Jags getting hot a couple weeks before my Cowboys got to play them. I'm already worried <laughs> about that game. It's the week before Philly, but we go there when we get there. And a tight right. end, Tyler Conklin for those Jets. He's uh, averaging 11 and a half yards in uh, PPR leagues. Uh, he does better without Zach Wilson. Shocker. And Hayden Hurst for those Bengals. He's been playing pretty solid as of late, too. Nice. All right. You want to get out of this fantasy realm and get into reality? Sounds real to me. All right. We're going into it. It's week 13. What? Week 13? Casey, I do believe it is slipping away. You are correct, sir. Slipping away! Oh, my God. Where did it go? Oh, we have just a couple teams on by this week. The Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. And Dave, week 13, 13 minus 10 equals three. Nice. Casey, that is three A magic number? Three's the magic number, dude. <laughs> Three teams, Casey, that are first place teams going against each other. It's the Tennessee at Philadelphia, Miami at San Francisco, and Kansas City at Cincinnati. All three matchups of first place teams. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, especially this late in the season. And Dave, we're talking playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> Two teams can clinch a spot in the postseason this week. Yeah, the Vikings can get um, themselves the kings of the north that will win their division if they can win and a detroit loss or some combination of other events in there but primarily that minnesota win puts them in that direction also the philadelphia eagles can clinch a playoff berth though not the division with a win and some other uh items coming together for them so good for those two teams we're starting to feel they're starting to approach that playoff situation casey oh now yeah it's getting, baby it's getting only real only seven spots there, man. It is oh, tight to get in. Oh, and all you got to do is just be there. All right, Dave, let's go ahead and get this thing started with a little Thursday night football, baby. 
Yeah, how about those Buffalo Bills heading to New England to play the Patriots? Bills on the road are favored by five. Dave, let me take you back to last year. The, in the playoffs, 2021, the Bills played the first ever perfect game. Seven drives, seven touchdowns, stomping those Patriots 47 Ooh. to 17. This uh, The Bills have been a little up and down this year, but they still have time to find that mojo they had last season and yeah. went into week one with. Man, this is a solid team. Had the nice win on Thanksgiving. They're going to be plenty motivated to try to put a beat down on those New England Patriots. Yeah, and this Patriots team uh, coming off of that uh, disappointing Thanksgiving game where they took the the loss to the Vikings. It was a great game. Uh, Mac Jones set season highs in completions with 28 and 382 yards and TD passes with two of those, a nice 119.8 passer rating. And Ramondre Stevenson ran the ball well with 112 uh, scrimmage yards and nine catches. So pretty awesome performances there. On the, on the season, though, Mac Jones hasn't been quite as good as we had sort of projected, I guess, for him mm-hmm. to be, which is um, six touchdowns to seven interceptions in the 87.3 passer rating. Just not there. Tight end Hunter Henry did have a, a real nice game, uh, his second TD of the season last year. And uh, on the defensive side, Matthew Judon, dude. The guy is an absolute beast. He's all over the place. Four and a half sacks in his past three games, 10 sacks in the past five home games. So look for him to get at least the sack, maybe two in this game. They're going to need it to slow down that Buffalo team uh, for sure. Yeah, and I thought that other Hunter Henry touchdown was a touchdown that the Zebras called off on Thursday night. So apparently nobody knows what the hell a catch is. All right, Dave, up next, Sunday action, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are two point favorites at home. Yeah. And the Steelers team, you know, they just, they're sitting at four and seven. They, they, it seems like a lost season, but yet they're still so feisty. They keep getting W's last week, uh, taking care of business against the uh, Colts. Kenny Pickett with one of his better games, 71% passing 174 yards and uh, over its third game in a row or excuse me, this season rather, was 70-plus percent passing. So he's showing some signs. Uh, Najee Harris with a touchdown and Benny Snell with 62 uh, yards in a TD. But, um, you know, it's it, let's see. They're kind of on the outside still with a small hope uh, for the playoffs, Casey. Obviously, both teams absolutely need this win if they want that hope to continue on. Real quick, let me mention Patrick Fryermuth with another decent performance, but he only has one touchdown on the season. I kind of expected a little more growth from Patrick Fryermuth, Casey. Patrick, Anthony, Christopher, Sarsipius, Fryermuth. That's the one. That's that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, shockingly, at five and seven, (laughs) these Falcons are right in the mix for the NFC South, man. The Bucs do just not want to run away with that division. Um, unfortunately, Kyle Pitts is shut down for the year. They don't think it's going to be a long-term thing, but uh, he's not yeah. going to be able to go. The good thing is those Falcons are wearing that sweet old-school red helmet this week. Maybe that'll bring them a little love. Um, you mentioned the Steelers. Shockingly, they're not very good at defending the pass, but the Falcons have only passed for over 200 yards just once in their last nine games. So um, this game is there for the taking for both of these squads, dude. All right, up next is the Denver Broncos at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens at home favored by eight. Yeah, it's Russ's party, and he'll cry if he wants to, man. Uh, 
<laughs> the word out of Denver is it's a locker room divided. Half of the team showed up to his party, half did not. I don't know what to believe there, but when there's smoke, there seems to be fire. They're not going to have Melvin Gordon to kick around anymore, and it's just not the season that they thought the Broncos would have. I can't imagine Hackett makes it into next year, but you know, new owners, new coach, new QB, who this? Yeah, and uh, how about this Ravens squad coming off that surprising loss in the two-point conversion to Jacksonville? Um, we had thought that the Ravens' defense had sort of remedied their, um, you know, late-game, you know, collapses. It was an nope. awesome performance from Lamar, 343 yards combined, uh, rushing and passing and a touchdown last week. Gus Edwards, a TD uh, there. Deshaun Jackson showed up, and he made a pretty big impact at 74 yards of receiving. But you know what? They lost the turnover ratio last week, minus one. And it just seems like if they lose the turnover ratio, which they're plus eight on the season, but that defense, man, oh, man, that certainly is suspect. Yeah, well, the Broncos are averaging 14 points a game, so that <laughs> might be just what the doctor ordered. Exactly. All right, Dave, up next, the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears, and the Packers are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yep, and this Packers squad, uh, Casey, obviously sitting at 4-8, and eight, are, are at a desperation point, and coming up, you know, they put a ton of points on the board last week, but not as many as Philadelphia in that 40-33 to 33 really a domination what Philadelphia was able to do on the ground against them a decent game for Aaron Rodgers but he's just so banged up it was fun to see Jordan uh, Love get out there passing for 113 yards and a touchdown he had a 146.8 quarterback rating um, and Aaron Rodgers just not really having an Aaron Rodgers kind of season his passer rating on the season less than 93 so that just doesn't seem like you know it's it's it was the lack of of coordination or whatever consistency with the receiving group early. Now he's banged up with the thumb and it's the abdominal section. They can run the football with Jones and Dylan and Watson has shown that he can play football and he's got a good future there. But uh, at negative five in the passer, uh, excuse me, in the give or take ratio, this team has been too generous with the football and they haven't been consistent enough on offense to get it done. Um, this is another situation where um, again, both of these teams have to win this football game and it's desperate times. Yeah. I don't think it matters for either of these teams for this right. season, but overall each of these teams has 786 regular season franchise win mm. is tied for the most in NFL history. And the last time the bears did not lead the NFL in the all time regular season wins was December of 1921. You remember <laughs> 1921, right? Yeah. Dave? Mostly handoffs in those days. Kate. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly and Pat, uh, Matt LaFleur has not lost to the Bears since he's been a head coach, so I think the Pack might take the lead on that. Up next, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Detroit Lions. Lions at home favored by one. Yeah, both these teams starting to uh, round into what they hope they can be. You know, mm -hmm. uh, neither coach has lost their, their squad by any means. They're playing right. tough. The, the Lions lose a close one on Thanksgiving against one of the best teams in the league. And the Jags win a close one against one of the best teams in the league on Sunday. So um, this will be this is a really intriguing matchup for me. I like where both of these teams are going. They're just not there yet. 
All right, Dave, the game we've all been waiting for, the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, and the Browns are seven-point favorites. Yeah, Casey, we we briefly touched on this one. The, the, the highlight really is obviously the return of Deshaun Watson uh, and the, uh, you know, the response that the Houston fans are going to give him. I'm sure there's going to be quite a reaction in the stands there. Houston's perspective at 1-9-1. If they could get this one win, they actually have a game and a half cushion for that number one pick. And if they can get one more win in the season, I think they'd love it to be this one. The Browns, on the other hand, it's at four and seven. They have got to basically run the table if they want any chance at, at sniffing the playoffs. Ugh. All right, up get next. Sniff. Yeah. Get a sniff. Yeah. Up next, it's the New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings favored by three. They've told you at the beginning of the season, both these teams as they're sitting in week 13 would be playoff teams. You would say, what are you smoking? But that's actually what's going on here. And, uh, you know, the QB change at the jets did them good. Mike white, former cowboy came in, not only came in as the AFC player of the week, 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. That's been missing from the jets. Zero interceptions, man. He played his, you know, what off. And that's, that's the only thing stopping this Jets team right now is terrible quarterback play. We've talked that we didn't know Zach Wilson was the guy moving forward. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, there's a ton of talent. So I don't know if Mike White is the guy for the future, but he's the guy for right now. They're coming off that win. Boy, if they could go into Minnesota and beat those Vikings. Ooh. Wow. And this Vikings team obviously got clobbered. I think you remember the game a couple weeks back. Right, Casey? <laughs> 40 to 3, yes. Yeah, okay, yes. that's the one I'm talking about. Then they follow that up with a nice bounce back performance, beating a solid uh, New England Patriots team um, on Thanksgiving. And Kirk Cousins had a nice, it was a primetime performance for him. Hello. Um, wow. You know, right? 81% passing, 299 and three touchdowns uh, for a 116 uh, rating for Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook has surpassed the 1,000 scrimmage yard mark, and that's his fourth straight 1,000-yard season. Justin Jefferson, what can you say about this dude? I mean, on pace to be the best receiver ever in the first three years of his career. Uh, that's going to happen for sure, or if it, unless it already has. Nine catches, 139 yards, and a, a touchdown in the game. Uh, a nice performance last week by Thielen. Even Hawkinson uh, got into the end zone last week. So really, ultimately... Um, a, a really nice performance from this Vikings team had, had been playing some excellent football and obviously sitting pretty at, at nine and two, as long as they protect the football and their plus six in the turnover ratio. Uh, this team is obviously booking, booking playoff uh, uh, berth coming. Are up you trying to sell soon. me a Super Bowl preview, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying it. Not yet. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next, ago, an NFC East battle, the Washington commandos at the New York giants. And those commandos are two and a half point favorites. Yes. And how about uh, this, this team ever since they made the quarterback switch to Tyler, he- Taylor Heineke, you know, he is statistically speaking, he's not lighting it up. You know, he's got seven touchdowns, five interceptions and 80, 2.7 quarterback rating but these guys i heard this on the radio casey on another podcast that's a pretty good one that nobody has dropped a heineke pass this season for whatever that was reason. our podcast from last week dave that was the one you were listening to that is amazing dude i'll tell you what though um brian robinson uh you know career highs 125 scrimmage yards last week uh 105 from the from the ground and a touchdown uh playing good football they're not out like really lighten it up. They're averaging 19.4 points a game and giving up 19.7. 
but somehow they're eking out enough to get those W's that's sitting there at seven and five. Their defense is pretty good. Overall ranked eighth and tenth tenth in points per game, giving up just 19.7, as I mentioned. So they're they're just finding that right equation in there. They're not dominating in this way or that way or any other way, really, but they're finding a way to keep themselves going, and they've got a shot at the playoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, that's why they've won three in a row in six of their last seven. And these yep. Giants, man, they're kind of going in the other direction there. Um, started out great against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, even had a lead at halftime. But we're unable to hold it, dude. They're just so thin at receiver, although Darius uh, Slayton did uh, moss my guy, Anthony Brown, on Thanksgiving. But there's not a whole lot after that there. Richie James, he's he's doing okay. I guess that's why they're calling OBJ in for a little convo there. But Saquon Barkley, (laughs) man, he has seven TDs on the season and uh, 1,200 scrimmage yards. So... Both of these teams are in the playoffs right now, but I'm not sure it's going to end that way. They seem to kind of be going in different directions, but the Giants can make everything better beating those commandos. So uh, grimy NFC East game, dude. Yep, that is a divisional one and for a lot really riding on it. All right, Casey, up next, Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles and possible Super Bowl preview. This is a good football game this weekend. Eagles at home favored by five and a half. Yeah, dude, and the Titans, man, just very uncharacteristically last week, Unvrabel-esque, getting that stupid penalty on the field goal. Like everybody, My kid knows that rule. You don't line up over the the snapper on a field goal. So dumb, and they just were able to take a knee after that. But a a tight, close game, and the the Bengals um, played them pretty well. Tannehill had a real nice game last week, 22 of 34, almost 65% completion, um, just under 300 yards. When the play action's working, man, uh, that makes them a very dangerous team, dude. Derrick Henry, 117 scrimmage yards, had the huge um, reception last week that was almost a touchdown, but he fumbled it away right there. But, dude, in six road games this season – Henry has totaled 662 rushing yards, over 110 per game, and nine rushing touchdowns. Wow. So we know what the formula is there. We saw the Packers run all over the Eagles on Sunday night, just two sloppy and a couple turnovers. If Tannehill can take care of that ball, they're going to be in this game, and you know they're really pissed off after blowing that game last week against the Bengals. You don't want to go on a two-game skid there. This is a very interesting contrast of styles. They both run the ball. They just do it differently. Mm-hmm. That Titans defense is no joke. Let's see if they travel. Yeah, you're talking. This is a this is a this is gonna be a physical matchup, dude. And this Eagles team coming in at ten and one after uh, putting up an amazing rushing performance. Uh, they rushed for 363 yards, highest single game total. Uh, in 2022 and the most uh, for any team since night week 17 uh, in 2020 when Baltimore rushed for over 400 yards. Um, Jalen Hurts, two touchdowns and rushed for a career high 157 yards. That's the fourth most rush yards by a quarterback in a single season game all time. Wow. So and oh, guess what? Miles Sanders also tacked on 160 scrimmage yards, including 143. That's a career high for Sanders. Um, just an awesome, awesome performance uh, for those guys. A.J. Brown got into the end zone as well. Um, offensively, this team is scoring 27 and a half points per game. That is third in the league in scoring and offensively in yardage. Um, 
fourth in the league. So really, really getting it done. Oh, guess what? Their defense is pretty strong, too. I know they gave up a lot on the ground last week, but overall, in terms of yards given up, just over 300 yards again, uh, a game that's second in the league and ninth in points per game, um, given up 19.6 a game. So <clears throat> a real, real solid team on both sides of the football, no doubt about it. Uh, well coached by Nick Sirianni, former Chacha. And this is going to be an exciting football game. No doubt you'll be rooting for the Titans and I'll be rooting for the Eagles for playoff ramifications <laughs> for our own personal teams. But this one's going to be fun to see how it plays out. Yeah, I cannot wait to see that one. All right, Dave. Up next, the Seattle Seahawks at your Los Angeles Rams. And the Seahawks are four and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, wow. And uh, last week, Seahawks, um, they gave that game away late. Obviously, it gets into overtime, and they gave up that huge run to Jacobs, 86 yards, I believe it was. Uh, just a disappointing performance. But I, I think before that, it was a disappointing performance if you're a Seahawks fan while watching this game unfold. Um, Geno Smith, though, a nice game, 328 yards and two touchdowns. Um, uh, Kenneth Walker, his third game. Uh, in his career with two rushing TDs, and he hasn't even played that many games, really. I mean, wow. he's a, a rookie who missed the beginning of the season. Metcalf, 11 receptions and 90 yards, and Lockett also gets into the end zone uh, there. So they had a lot of good things to talk about, but, I mean, overall, just a, a, an ultimately disappointing uh, performance, considering Geno Smith on the season, 19 TDs, just five picks, a 107.8 rating legitimately i know he's a far-fetched candidate but legitimately kind of in the conversation of an mvp type season or maybe yeah. a comeback of the year you know guy i don't know if you have to be injured to to earn that but on the defensive side uh, generally speaking linebacker jordan brooks uh tariq willen the rookie playing real well for these guys uh pete carroll's just got got these guys playing very well hopefully for, for seahawks fans this was a bump in the road and this rams game is just exactly what they need yeah, man. Oh, they're getting the Rams at the right time, man. This is <laughs> the Rams suck, <laughs> man. They're just what's left of the Rams, right? Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald won't be there this weekend. Matt Stafford won't be there. I guess Bryce Perkins was kind of a nice surprise. We saw him do his thing in the preseason mm -hmm. and he looks like he can definitely make some plays. But um, no Cooper Cup, dude. OBJ's gone. Whitworth is gone. Um, that O-line is in shambles. They can't run the ball really well. Kieran Williams, he was okay at 60 scrimmage yards, and that's a good week for those guys. Um, Allen Robinson they brought in. He's hurt. He's done for the year. Van Jefferson did have a touchdown last week, and it's like one of the bright spots here, but they're so banged up. They effed all them picks. I don't know what this team does moving forward, man. It is, uh, it's not the defending champs year that they thought they were going to have. Not at all. Like you said, the FM picks means that there's nobody, in, you know, in the in the cupboard, basically, mm -hmm. to put out on the field for these guys. It's going to be scary to see what happens in the next couple of years because <laughs> they they did FM picks. All right, Casey, moving along. It is a, one of the better games of the weekend as the Miami Dolphins go to San Francisco to play the 49ers. 49ers at home are favored by three and a half in this one. And Casey, since week eight. Both teams are unbeaten. The Dolphins have scored at least 30 points in their four games, while the 49ers defense has allowed 16 or fewer points in each of their four uh, games. So strength on strength, the Dolphins offense versus this stout 49ers defense. What do you see? 
Yeah, and the Niners haven't given up a second-half touchdown in, like, their last four games, man. They're rounding into form. But you know what? So are these Dolphins, man. And this, you know, we didn't think uh, Tyreek was going to have the same type of numbers he had when he was in Kansas City. But, man, he's having a great year. He had six for 85 last week. And on the he's leading the league in uh, receptions and yards. He's got over 1,200. And the, this... The Dolphins are basically the Niners East. These teams, you know, a lot of the same personnel. They like to play the same way. This is a fascinating game for me. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. I need to dig into it a little more because I really don't know what's going to happen right now, man. It's like such contrasting styles. And uh, the Dolphins, you know, everybody was on the Bills jock all year, but it's the Dolphins sitting up there at the top of the AFC East. They're really putting it together. Mentioned Tyreek Hill, but him and Jalen Waddell are an awesome combo. And uh, I'm excited for this thing, man. Let's just get this thing going and rock and see what happens. This is definitely the potential for a Super Bowl pre Super Bowl preview, too. Yeah, and you, uh, I mentioned briefly uh, the uh, possible MVP. How about Tua in that category? He leads the league with that quarterback rating of almost 116. That's way above everyone else. And in every in, in the games that he started and finished, which is a weird caveat, but he is 8-0 and o on the season. So, hello, that guy is spoken hot. And obviously, you mentioned all the weapons. But this Niners defense, man, they're coming across, coming off of a shutout, which is pretty rare in this yeah. day and age in the NFL. 13-0 against New Orleans. And Jimmy G, um, the guy they tried to get rid of and basically wouldn't even let – on the same practice field is wow. the guy that's playing some excellent football, 16 touchdowns, just four interceptions for Jimmy G, 103 quarterback rating on the season. Um, he's just getting it done. And they obviously uh, have some talent around him. McCaffrey is banged up and they have him as listed as questionable at this point in time. Elijah Mitchell came back from that injury. Now he's out. So that's a big time bummer. Running backs, Jordan Mason and Tyrion Davis Price are guys that might see some more action so that they can keep McCaffrey in that sort of wild card position that he's uh, been playing where he's got more uh, receiving and, you know, as just that sort of that bonus extra guy. And of course, Kittle and Debo Staniel, Brandon Ayuk, who's really come on in the last five or six weeks. Uh, there is tons of talent on the offensive side. But really, when you look at this team uh, defensively, giving up 15.7 on the season in points per game and 282 yards uh, uh, in, in yardage. So that's tops in the league for both of those points and yards. And Nick Bosa has been an absolute sack monster at 11 and a half on the season. So, um, looking at, at this game, this is strength on strength. I cannot wait to see if the dolphins can get it going against that Niners defense or vice versa. Man, it is going to be good. Oh, here's another one. Just a little rematch of the AFC championship dude. Ooh. the Kansas city chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Chiefs two and a half point favorites on the road. And Dave, if they can win in Cincy, Andy Reid will become the third coach in NFL history to have at least 10 regular season wins in eight straight seasons, man. Yep. That is no joke there. One of the best to ever do it, Dave. Talk about the red team. Ugh, yeah. And they've dominated the AFC West in doing that, Casey. They've won it, I believe, six or seven times in a row. Uh, very, very red indeed. Um but this Chiefs team at nine and two, they're, you know, 
substantially in the lead in the AFC West, having swept the Chargers and having a two-game lead on them. They pretty much all but locked up this division at this point. Mahomes coming across, coming off rather a 320-yard uh, touchdown performance. That's his 38th career game with 300-plus yards. That passes Dan Marino for most ever in the first seven seasons, and he's just going to keep stacking on top of that. Running back Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, has been a real fine. I believe he was a sixth-rounder. They do such a good job uh, personnel-wise uh, drafting and in terms of picking up dudes. Uh, but he has uh, two rushing touchdowns uh, last week. They're really banged up. Clyde Edwards-Alaire went on IR. Um, Jarek McKinnon is questionable for these guys. Uh, Ronald Jones is on the on the on the roster and they just added Melvin Gordon to the practice squad. So they know how to uh, stock the cupboards with players that can contribute down the road. They are uh, leading the NFL at almost 30 points a game and leading the NFL with 430 yards a game. So uh, no doubt uh, they can get it done. Uh, on offensive on the offense, offensive side, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's also listed as questionable. So we'll see how that works out. Kadarius, Kadarius Tony also questionable. Mikal Hardman is out at this point in time. So they are down a lot of players, but they don't seem to um, notice they that. They don't care. <laughs> I don't seem to mind too much because they keep rolling up uh, the score, right? Um, on the defensive side, I, I can't get past this team without mentioning Chris Jones because he's so disruptive. Uh, he's really, really a guy that you just can't block. He's got 10 sacks on the season. And rookie George Kloftis is also uh, doing some good work there. Uh, he got his first full sack of his career last week. This Kansas wow. City Chiefs team is kind of hitting on all cylinders. Karloftis finally has a full sack, man. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dude, these Bengals well start the season 0 and 2, yeah. and since then have gone 7 and 2. So one of the hotter teams yeah. down the stretch. And you know, Joey B was as cool as it got at the beginning of the season. wasn't You know, wasn't worried. He said, like, "We'll get it there." You know, and it looks like they have. Um, he was great last week against the Titans, 270 yards, had a TD, no interceptions. Um, and he doesn't even have Jamar Chase, or he might have Jamar Chase this week. That's a bad news for opposing defenses because once he gets back in the mix, look out because between him, Boyd, and your guy T. Higgins, man, it is an explosive offense. T last week, seven for 114 and a TD, dude. He's looking for his fourth game in a row with seven or more catches, man. He's really filled that void with Chase being out of there, but Chase is kind of that that deep threat. Uh, we mentioned Hayden Hurst in the, uh, you know, the, the fantasy segment there, so he's been a really nice addition to this squad too. I'm not sure if Joe Mixon's going to be back in this one. He was out with the concussion, but uh, Samaje Piran, my Facebook friend, former Sooner, has been doing great. Had three touchdowns the other week and was really impressive. A couple angry runs last week and another score. So Cincinnati's rolling into form. They've been better than you would expect on defense too. Trey Hendrickson, man, I love the way this guy plays. And Logan Wilson had a chance to be the Super Bowl MVP last year. But they don't give that crap to defenders, dude. It's got to be one of the glamour boys. But he had a real nice Super Bowl. So um, you would think that uh, since he wouldn't be in this. But like I said, they stomped these guys in the AFC Championship. Not stomped, but they sent them home. And they went on to the Super Bowl. So you know that's looming on Kansas City. And if they all get there with those little drawn on mustaches dave when they get there they're <laughs> gonna be really pissed off dude i expect a great game yeah we're gonna get to the bottom of this casey that's right <laughs> uh, i'll tell you what this i'm doing a side note as a charger fan 
I kind of think it's time to relinquish the division. And I'm, I hate to say this, I'm rooting for the Chiefs this weekend because if they can beat the Bengals, then that that pushes the Bengals down uh, a little st- uh, a little slot there and in the in the wild card. You Don't know, you like, hate the perversion that you have to uh, go through when you get to that point in the season? Did I, I just say that? <laughs> I'm gonna get you to bar soap. All right, Casey. Up next, it's my Los Angeles Chargers heading to Vegas at the site where they got knocked out of the playoffs at the end of last year against the Raiders and the Chargers are given some love uh, by the Vegas odds makers as they will be favored by two and a half. Yeah, and these Raiders, man, I've got a couple of back-to-back wins starting to trend in the right direction. They were better than their 2-7 and seven record. Way they better. just haven't been able to finish, whereas last year they were winning all those close games. This year, not been so much. And Derek Carr, dude, all you got to do is protect this guy. Last week, 25-36, 295 yards, three touchdowns. Did have two interceptions, but if he can just hand it off to Josh Jacobs, who's coming off a 300 a scrimmage yard game, that's going to be bad news for the Chargers. They've been really yep. not good at stopping the run, and that's bad news because Josh Jacobs, man, has just been rolling over everybody, man. I love the way that this guy plays. Devontae Adams, dude, um, he's given them exactly what they want, almost a 1,000 yards, over 70 catches, and 10 touchdowns, man. So lots of good stuff starting to happen for these Raiders. They're still on the outside looking in. Don't give these guys any dreams of making the postseason. The Chargers got to try to stomp these guys out and kind of um, exercise the demons of that brutal loss last season that kept you guys out of the playoffs. No doubt. And let's go back. It was also the first game of this season that was a nail-biter against this Raider squad that was eked out late with an interception uh, to, to preserve a Charger victory uh, first game of the season. Chargers coming off of that amazing uh, win against Arizona where they look like their season was uh, starting to slip away, <clears throat> but they end up getting the game-winning touchdown by Austin Eckler, with, who had a nice performance, 11 catches uh, and a touchdown for Eckler, including that one that got him up there. And then they went for the two-point conversion where Herbert just uh, hit Gerald Everett and uh, that was all she wrote. The Chargers defense was terrible initially, and we're getting terrible. run all over or getting run over by the Cardinals, which does not bode well um, for this uh, this matchup here. But as the game progressed, they got three straight stops at the end and then took the lead and then got then finished off. So four straight stops, really, at the end of that football game. Justin Herbert, though, phenomenal performance. You mentioned him as our fantasy studs in the total fantasy domination section. Uh, 30 of 35 of 47, 274 and three touchdowns, a 109 uh, passer rating. It's his 16th game with three-plus uh, passing touchdowns, surpassing Patrick Mahomes for the second most ever by a player in his first three seasons. Wow. So, he, and he's got some games left over to uh, keep stacking. Um, Keenan Allen, who had missed most of the season, is such a welcome uh, guy to have back yeah. on the squad, moving the chains on critical third downs. He added his first touchdown of the season last week. DeAndre Carter, mostly a punt returner in his, his seven-year career uh, or eight-year career, and he's been on nine teams, if wow. you can believe that. He has found a nice role on this Chargers offense. Seven catches, 73 yards in his third touchdown of the season last week. And Joshua Palmer, in his second year, a third-round pick, um, he has really emerged in the absence of both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mike Williams still looking to be uh, very unlikely to play in this game, although 
you got you can always cross your fingers there and hope. But Palmer, in the uh, opportunities that's been given, five straight, uh, or excuse me, uh, five catches in four of the past five games. So he's really emerged as a player for this team. Um, on the other side of the football, Derwin James, Casey, was an absolute beast last week. He is every week. They they have him playing so many different positions that it's hard to 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 know where he is at any given time and what his job is. But uh, forcing a fumble last week and the previous week and an interception last week as well. Uh, Derwin James is just an absolute dude uh, stud on that defense. And let me I'm going to rarely would ever be able to say this, but the Chargers special teams is not horrible this year. <laughs> it's been 10 years. J.K. Scott, their punter, he has the best hang time. I don't know if they keep that stat anymore, but our kick coverage is number one in the NFL because this dude gets so many fair catches that nobody returns the ball. And then on the other side, that hardly seems fair. I know. Right. But hey, it counts. They don't get a chance to return it. And on kicking Cameron Dicker, our third kicker of the year, has been flawless. Eight for eight on point afters and eight for eight on field goals. Chargers have the most accurate kickers in the NFL, but there's three of them. So we had to get to the third one here. And uh, this one's a charm. Uh, I think he'll probably be the kicker for the rest of the year. But this game is scary, and it's going to be um, a nail biter, I'm sure. You're going to go out there and get your Dicker jersey? <laughs> Give him the Dicker. That's what I got to say. Who doesn't love Dicker, man? Come on. <laughs> All right. Sunday night football, baby. We're surprised this one didn't get flexed out of there. Yeah. But the, the boys like to shine on Sunday night. It's the Indianapolis Colts at my Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, nine and a half point favorites at home. Yeah. And what can you say about this Colts team? The the Saturday effect has now worn itself out as they got that initial win when Jeff Saturday got there, coinciding with bringing Matt Ryan back and playing the Raiders. But uh, this team has since dropped two uh, and at four, seven and one pretty much can say that their season is over. Large part of that is their inability to protect the quarterback and Matt Ryan's inability to hold on to the football. They're negative 10 in the giveaway takeaway. Um, so at this point, I guess, uh, Ursay, who knows what his next move is. Well, that's bad news for them if they can't protect the quarterback because yeah. Micah Parsons is going to be there. He had two sacks on Thanksgiving. That's his sixth game with at least two sacks this season. That's most in the NFL, dude. This guy is an absolute beast. The Lion likes to hunt, and his defense is playing pretty damn well. Although they're going to have to shut down the run, and that's yeah. something that the Colts can do well. So that's the only real way I see them beating them. Although it's the NFL, Cowboys are running into this stretch at three straight AFC South teams. So it's going to be pretty sketchy there. But let's talk about this offense, dude. Since Dak's been back, this is one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. He was great on Thursday. Had a couple of interceptions. One, he thought that he got the offsides and threw it anyways and turned out it wasn't offsides. And then just... Got a little too greedy with one to C.D. Lamb, but C.D. Lamb is really starting to ball. Dude had six for 106. Looked like a touchdown. I don't like the the toe in, the heel out thing. If that uh, Jones touchdown in Jacksonville, the bottom half of the calf can be in, right. even though the top half is out, then the toes in should be a touchdown. They need to look at that. What a great catch by C.D. But it was Zeke that hit the way back last week. Dude, 92 rush yards in a touchdown. He's looking for his fifth game fifth straight game with a touchdown man sitting him to get him healthy has really helped and that one-two punch man of him and Pollard is really working out dude 
um, Tony Pollard over a thousand scrimmage yards. That's back to back seasons for this guy. I don't know how the Cowboys are going to hold on to him, but they're going to have to figure out a way. Hopefully it'll take a little less to stay there. We'll see. We'll get to that after um, the end of the season, though. After your Super Bowl pup parade. That's right, baby. <laughs> um, Dalton Schultz had a, two touchdowns last week, and they're getting so much production out of the trio of tight ends there with Vandershaw and, uh, or Hendershaw and uh, Ferguson, the two rookies, man. And I loved the hurdle and then finding the DB to hit Ferguson. Um just so I'm in love with these tight ends, Dave. I love the trio. And uh, so they can do a lot of interesting formations with all those tight ends on the field. So, um, and it looks like they're starting to get healthy at the receiver position too. Gallup. You're starting to see him to be able to do more things than just, you know, the nine route. He's starting to be able to cut on that knee or trust him yeah. a little bit. And that's really helping him to get into the fold. So this is a game that the Cowboys can't afford to F around with and lose. This is a team you should handle. Beat these AFC South teams and get yourself into position for that huge game against Philly on Christmas Eve. Don't look past these Colts because you can lose it, but this is definitely a game that the Cowboys should win handedly. We'll see. We shall see. All right, Casey, on to Monday night football, and it's the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks at home are favored by four. And interestingly, Casey, the Saints have won four straight games in Raymond James Stadium. That's the Bucks' home. And over the last nine quarters in that stadium, the Saints have outscored the Bucks 54 to three. One interesting fact, of course, is obviously Dennis Allen, who's now the head coach, has been the defensive coordinator for uh, those impressive performances. Uh, Buccaneers favored by four. What do you got? Well, they need to points would be good because <laughs> the Saints were unable to score any last week getting shut out by the Niners. Had a couple right. opportunities, just couldn't cash in there. Alvin Kamara had the huge fumble late in that thing right down at the goal line. Might have changed the outcome of that game, but they um, they're getting everything they could hope for out of Chris Olave, the rookie receiver, dude. Um, leading all rookies with 56 receptions and yards at over 820. And he's got three TDs, man. They're looking to get uh, Jarvis Landry a little more involved since he's come back and um, trying to get a little bit healthier there. And uh, the defense is pretty solid. They really having trouble um, scoring, though. That's been the issue. And they are turning the ball over at a crazy rate. So they're going to have to um, clean all that crap up. They're sitting there at four and eight. Probably out of the mix, but boy, if you are out, beating those bucks would feel pretty good if you're not doing anything this season. Well, and it's interesting, Casey. How far out are they when the Buccaneers are leading <laughs> right? the division with I the guess, five yeah, and they six could both be, Yeah. So they're really not that far out. It's a division that nobody seems to want to take a uh, any kind of real stranglehold on. And this Buccaneers team uh, coming up last week losing to a Cleveland team in overtime. It was really a. a a disappointing performance. And this yeah. Bucks team has been out of whack. Uh, is not really a uh, super uh, Brady performance this year. They can't get any consistency in terms of the personnel on the field. Rashad White, uh, the rookie, has been playing well for them lately. And it seems like he really wants to take a, take a lead on that and kind of uh, push uh, playoff Lenny to the side. Um, we'll see if he can get his third in a row with 100-plus scrimmage yards that would be an impressive uh, feat. And uh, Chris Godwin, 
uh, playing well for them last week with 110 yards and a, and a receiving touchdown. But let's look at the, the the sort of the macro view of this team right now. They are relying way too much on the passing game and can't run the football. Tom Brady has more attempts than anyone in the league with 470 passing attempts wow. and a very un-Brady like 92.5 passer rating. So kind of a low percentage, even though he only has two picks, which is you know impressive. But that's not what you would expect in the passer rating from Tom Brady. This team is last in the league in rushing the football. They just cannot run really consistently at all. They're near the bottom in uh, points per game, too. So overall, they're just not putting enough points on the scoreboard. Um, Thank God for the Broncos. <laughs> exactly right. So I'll tell you what, though, like, you know, this is an opportunity all they got to do is kind of piece it together, and the division is right in front of them. They can get healthy across the board between now and the time they get to the playoffs, and they can sneak in somewhere right around 500, right? And next thing you know, they could be a threat in the playoffs. So this is a huge game from that perspective. Totally, dude. But these Saints, man, you mentioned that. I didn't even really give them any consideration, but they're just a little bit out of this thing, yeah. four and eight, and they've beaten these Bucks seven of the last eight games. So... As we've seen this season, I'll believe anything, you know, because it's been crazy and so much to still be written, dude. So good. I mean, the Falcons are right there in that division and look, don't look now, but the Panthers got a W last week. (laughs) That thing's got a whole bunch of teams hanging around sub 500, threatening the division. Unbelievable. Oh man, it's going to be a wild race to the finish line. It's going to be so good. And There are so many ways you guys can check out the football dudes, the trend zone. What you listen to right now, it's available for subscription for free. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Yeah. Casey, why not subscribe to our uh, uh, YouTube channel? Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on uh, on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. Make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. And if you want to kick it old school, go to footballdudes.com. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. Remember, we're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy the games. We are out of here.